0: Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Sal, S to the A-L. Hey, yo. Ladies, gentlemen, fellas, 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 it just came to my mind before we started this podcast and YouTube video up, so I said, let's do it. Let's do it as we approach the Week 13 That One Dude video. Shout out Jay Hove, shout out Jay-Z, the GOAT, the entrepreneur, the Renaissance man himself, a little salute to him this morning as we record this on Saturday, a day before the games are going to be starting in Week 13. And if you are brand new, if you're stumbling, right, you're coming out of the ball late at night, you're looking for a cab, right, you're 10 beers deep, you're a couple shots in, you're just all over the place, whatever happens. And you're celebrating something uh, you're trying to get away from something whatever might be happening you're stumbling on a friday night and you find this nice lovely uber this nice lovely taxi who's there to rescue you well that's what you're about to get smacked with in this video we're gonna go position by position a quarterback a running back a wide receiver and a tight end all of these guys that i have for this week we're trying to get leverage plays lower owned players potentially lower owned stacks through that quarterback that we talk about guys that are maybe five percent or less owned we'll also discuss a couple of punt options sometimes it's one we're gonna have a punt option at the wide receiver. receiver position, meaning a very cheap, almost minimum price in most situations, wide receiver and tight end this week that are going to be options for you. So in total today, I basically have six players. Maybe we'll give you an honorable mention at wide receiver because there's a lot of low-owned wide receivers I like this week. It's just all going to come down to injuries. There's a lot of questionable players for week 13, so we're going to have to track that, but I will be giving you some solid players at each position. Again, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and two punts that will be healthy, that are ready to go for week 13, and they're going to offer you some leverage. Last week, James White got us there, having a good Time in a lot of our punt plays this year, just getting us to, again, like Denzel Mims does it again, double digit fantasy points last week. Now we're going to try and go to some other options this week. So, welcome, 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 ladies, gentlemen, fellas, fellas, fellas. If you could do me a favor and hit that like and subscribe, it goes a long way. The goal is to get to 35,000 subscribers by the new year, by the end of this month, in four weeks, basically, at this point. And we're kind of right on pace for that. So, I appreciate that in advance if you would be able and willing to do that for me. And then also, this video is sponsored by Superdraft. If you are not already familiar, Superdraft is a multiplier format where people on the Discord, people in this community right here that we built on youtube the podcast twitter at salvage dfs all these different aspects of my outlets a lot of people have been reaching out to me winning on super Jeff because there's just less professionals over there it's pretty straightforward if you have that secret sauce if you have projections for it and yet again somebody just reached out to me over on instagram dms and said hey i won a thousand dollars on a ten dollar buy-in on super Draft, basically saying that this stuff is legit i was actually winning first place the four thousand dollars for the wednesday night football game for the baltimore ravens and steelers game until the second to last play and then i got jumped a couple spots down but still had a very prop Superdraft night. It's been very good on Superdraft the last couple of weeks for me personally and the community. So, Super Draft multiplier format, you get your fantasy points multiplied by whatever your multiplier is. So, Russell Wilson has a 1x multiplier this week. If he scores 22 fantasy points, multiply that by one, he gets 22 fantasy points. But on the contrary, you have Baker Mayfield with a 1.5x multiplier this week. Well, let's just say he goes out there and scores 20 fantasy points. They're actually going to give him 1.5x that. So, 30 fantasy points, he's actually going to outscore Russ by a good amount. So, it's all about projections. We have those down below on Patreon if you want to follow along. But my name, SAL, we'll get you a free money bonus up to $1,000 rooskies in a slow drip format over on Superdraft. Stop wasting your time, right? Stop going there right now. You'll leave a money on the table before it gets too condensed, before it gets too saturated, like a lot of these other daily fantasy sports sites. So let's start it off right now. That one dude at the quarterback position this week. And honestly, this quarterback, I think he's been at that one dude one time. And let me just give you a landscape, right? We have ownership right now. If you want to check out the ownership that I have and I have it projected, it's on Patreon. Follow down below right in the description. You click that, it'll take you to where you can see the ownership. But basically, if you want to be following along with that, ownership this week at quarterback, it's going to be pretty spread out. And this is a very wacky week. Last week, I thought might be the first week like this. Didn't end up being so as we got some players to open up with injuries to allow us to do whatever we wanted with our salary. Hence, Patrick Mahomes, $8,100 price tag, becoming probably the best quarterback option on the slate. As we discussed last week's That One Dude Closing Thoughts video, it was Patrick Mahomes, then Josh Allen as our two most popular quarterbacks. This week, there's going to be good options. There's Russell Wilson, there's Aaron Rodgers. There's a couple of options up there. Kyler Murray's back on the slate, albeit a difficult matchup, but nobody's really popping out with insane ownership to this point in the week so a lot of the quarterbacks are just naturally going to be single digits usually every week but now like four to six percent is where you're going to find the far majority of the quarterbacks maybe a couple of guys get to eight to ten percent but that's about it so really you don't have to get too stressed about quarterback ownership now some weeks like earlier in the season you had a couple of weeks where kyle murray was almost 20% on at his cheap price points you had dak prescott when he was healthy coming in on some weeks at 15 or 20 percent. this week it's going to be pretty spread out so quarterback ownership for the most part it's really not anything to stress over like if you're going to play a seven percent owned aaron Rodgers compared to a four percent on another guy who doesn't look as good just play the seven percent on Aaron Rodgers in your snacks. you'll get unique from there but with that being said looking for a guy that meets our criteria for this video at five percent or below is going to be the rookie himself who continues to ball out like a motherfucking superstar in Justin Herbert now I have Herbert this week coming in right around five percent owned in his matchup against New England and look yeah this is going to be difficult a rookie against Bill Belichick Bill Belichick who just went on a five minute tangent praising Justin Herbert but actually pretty cool to see Bill Belichick just praising the kid it just kind of goes and shows how good this kid's been this year now he's gonna have a matchup this week where he has basically a neutral pass blocking advantage negative one percent according to pro football focus but basically neutral he has the 30th ranked pass blocking this year a lot of that has to do with some injuries though like brian balaga a couple other offensive linemen have been banged up throughout the season and the patriots on defense ranked 27th in pass rush their pressure rate this year is just 26 percent. again that is 27th their coverage 24th although their secondary has been banged up at times specifically stefan gilmore if you're listening on the podcast version all these stats that i'm kind of listing off right now we, we put some cards up on the screen to give you an idea of some of the projections for these players which we will show you in a second, but also we give you some of the stats and some of the analysis that I have. It's kind of a sneak peek on what's to offer for almost every single player and basically every single meaningful player that you're going to see each week. We have that over on Patreon with a lot of other stuff. So right now you're allowing 229 yards per game is what you're seeing the Patriots allowed to opposing quarterbacks. So pretty much average. He's attempting 40.2 pass attempts per game. That is number one on the entire slate right now. Eighth in deep ball attempts, even though he missed a game and did not start a game this year, averaging over 300 yards per game to this point in the season. Urban's been nice because he has this little bit of a, one, he has a safe floor, right? last time that we saw Herbert go out there it was his worst performance yet 15.4 fantasy points against buffalo was not the greatest thing to see but he had 316 passing yards he just doesn't get in the end zone a lot of that can do to his head coach who a couple of times in the end of the first half kind of ruined the play calling kind of wasted time management probably could have cost him a touchdown there honestly and at the end of the game they're on like the one yard line and they're just rushing the ball quarterback sneaking it they're running powers right in the first half with joshua kelly uh, austin eckler at the one yard line they're running it with no timeouts left so this very easily could have been another 20 plus point performance and i honestly don't even blame the kid he had a 60 percent completion percentage that's fine right 316 passing yards did average just 6.1 yards per attempt but should have got us to 20 fantasy points which he has done every single week before that since his week three start against carolina i mean the guy has been averaging before last week around 24 fantasy points a week and on the season right now he's averaging exactly 24 fantasy points per game as the fifth best in the nfl and he's ranked overall right now 10th in true passer rating now i like herbert here we know the obvious stacks and i do allow austin eckler into my charger stacks that'll probably be the only running back i allow that to happen with this week so for example my stacks and my priorities would probably be Keenan Allen, who's expensive right now, Hunter Henry, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, all in that group. Your run back options on the opposite side of this one. My number one option is going to be Jacoby Myers second to Jacoby Myers it's pretty tough it's kind of just a wash between James White Demir Bird we didn't see James White be all that active in the passing game last week but he got us there with that one due to rushing touchdowns so Jacoby Myers will be my main run back option in any Justin Herbert stacks and every single game except for two weeks ago when he was very chalky he's seen a 30 plus percent target share one of those games I think he saw 40 plus percent target share from Cam Newton so I think that's a pretty nice stack run back now what are we looking at in terms of his overall projection right now for Justin Herbert. Well, earlier in the week, I actually had Herbert being my number one point per dollar play. You might've recalled that if you watch some of our previous videos, if not, go ahead and check those out earlier in the week. Right now, I, I ended up adjusting some things in terms of the defensive stuff with Stefan Gilmore back and it pushed him down. Not a major thing, but it ended up pushing him down by one fantasy point, which basically just put him into this hodgepodge of all these wide receivers or all these quarterbacks that all look like very similar values, right? I have Ryan Fitzpatrick as my top point per dollar value. Does not mean he's my number one play. It just means for his price point, he's a little bit underpriced, but then everybody else is basically in this waistline of like 10 to 12 quarterbacks that all look like a very similar median projection. But we have to keep in mind some of these players' floors and some of their ceilings. Like when I see a Derek Carr here, when I see a Colt McCoy here, when I see a Baker Mayfield here, I question their floors and I also question what their ceilings are. When I see Justin Herbert, I know that I have a pretty secure floor. Like Justin Herbert's floor is literally what you saw last week, 18 fantasy points, right? He scores 15 fantasy points in season long, but if you factor in the 300-yard bonus, he's scoring 18 fantasy points. That's this guy's floor. That's honestly what some of the higher performances from Baker and Derek Carr are. And then I know that his ceiling is well into the 30s at this point, like we've seen a couple times this year. So I like looking for those types of options. And then we see that he's lower owned, So it's floor with a very strong ceiling. The 300 yards per game, based on the amount that he's throwing per game right now, is just going to secure and plant that around 20 fantasy point floor for you. So you can see right here that I do have Justin Herbert projected for 21.4 fantasy points. Gives him a 3.1 value rating. That's just basically based on your salary, how much bang for your buck you're getting. And then you can see, I have him ranked as a B in cash and a B in GBPs. I think it's a nice option. He's nice and low owned to this point. He's going to come in around four or 5% owned. Maybe it goes up by a percentage, point but now that ryan fitzpatrick looks like he's going to be the starter it's it's leaning that way early on i do think fitzpatrick starts to pick up some ownership which just ends up dropping everybody like if fitzpatrick was only going to be two or three percent on because of this question tag now reports are saying that it does seem like two is going to miss and fitzpatrick starts again now if fitzpatrick becomes eight or ten percent on obviously there's percentage points coming off of all the other quarterbacks i think that will also affect justin herbert i think he'll come in around five percent on as are that one due to the quarterback position next up we're going to go to our that one due to the running back position and honestly honestly a lot of running backs this week you don't have to go super low on, but you have a good amount maybe four or five guys down in this range maybe even six that are going to be around two to six percent on that i do think have some upside they're big name players that have either, either been struggling as of late or are coming off of the covid list right or it's been one or two weeks where they haven't really been doing much and somebody in their backfield has been doing decent so there are some opportunities here now i do have to admit that there are some running backs that i'm just going to be paying up for right whether it's dalvin cook whether it's going to be Austin Eckler, i'll just pay up and i'll get different elsewhere get different in my stacks different with my tight ends punting some get different with wide receivers and then there's a nice mid-range of like eight to 12% on running backs like Aaron Jones and some other options that I have a lot of interest in as well. But that being said, there's a lot of upside in this single digit options. And sometimes you're just forced to play some of these players depending on the stacks that you like a lot. And I think that's what's going to happen with this running back this week. I think he'll kind of be jammed into some of my lineups because as a bring back option in some of my stacks and those stacks that I'm talking about are my Packers stacks. I want to be running back my Packers stacks. With somebody from the other team, that being the Eagles this week. Now, Dallas Scott looks decent. Zach hurts my return. Could hurt that a little bit. Miles Sanders is going to be that guy. I projected out for about 3% ownership right now. And Miles Sanders is looking pretty decent at that ownership number. Now, look, I get it. It's very concerning to see the last couple of weeks of Miles Sanders. Last week against Seattle, he only has four fantasy points. He has 22 combined yards on just three targets, six carries in that game total. Not great. The week before against Cleveland, these are two good run defenses, right? Cleveland, Seattle, the week before that he had the Giants, also a top five run defense. So his last month of the season, has been hammered by really good and borderline top five run defense across the board so he goes up against Cleveland and he ends up getting 81 total yards which is good to see and it's nice to see that he ends up seeing 16 attempts he sees 21 opportunities so that's good so it's really just one week where he doesn't see the usage last week against Seattle depending on how that game ended up going DK Metcalf going absolutely monster against Darius Slay and the game kind of got a little bit out of hand. Boston Scott getting a little bit more usage so I think a lot of people are obviously hopping off of Miles Sanders for that he's a pretty decent sized underdog in this game but now he finally gets for literally the first time in maybe a month right these are his matchups Seattle Cleveland the Giants Baltimore who does not have that great of a run defense but he took advantage of that bad run defense he went for over 120 yards in that game which was good but before that Pittsburgh San Francisco, right? You're seeing a brutal defense overall. He faces the LA Rams in week two. His only decent run defenses that he's gotten to face are Baltimore, who he goes off against for over hundred total yards and Cincinnati in week three, who he goes off against for over hundred yards, he even took advantage of a good Rams defense going for a buck 30 against them. So he's had some very difficult matchups this year and people are knocking him because he has not come through against some of the best of the best in really bad game situations. Now, yes, he's going to be a decent sized underdog in this one. You're hoping that he gets those routes run over Boston Scott last week, running 20 routes run against Seattle was the most routes one we've seen since week five against Pittsburgh. That's good to see. So his routes runs numbers are coming up and now he's facing a Packers defense that is arguably one of the worst in the league in terms of the combination of tackling and run defense. He's going to have a positive 26% run blocking advantage, as you can see on the screen right now. And he's going to have the 21st overall run blocking unit. So that's how bad, right? He has a bottom third run blocking unit, but he's still going to have a positive 26% advantage uh, against the, the league averages because that's how bad the Packers are in run defense. The Packers rank 28th in tackling. Now their 12th in run defense is, is really going to be a little bit skewed because how bad they are at tackling allows for a lot of yards after contact a lot of this is just because they're leading in a lot of games so other teams can't run against them so their run defense in terms of yards per game allowed is going to be a little bit skewed downward because teams are having to throw more against them. the packers allow 114 and a half yards per game that is a very high number and very good to see if you're miles sanders owner or playing him this week in terms of dfs now a 75 percent opportunity share this is important to register although we see boston Scott getting a little bit more involved the last couple of weeks he still has a 75 percent opportunity share that is the fifth best in the nfl in a league where there's so many running back by committees or three headed backfields miles Sanders is still yes we see boston scott scoring a couple touchdowns he is still in command by far of this backfield but a lot of people aren't playing him because they're scared of boston scott and they're scared of how he's produced in the last week or two against good run defenses so 13 and a half carries per game you're seeing right now the 21st most fantasy points per game at 13.2 he has 5.9 true yards per carry That's third in the NFL. His 5.6 yards per carry is also top three in the NFL. So he's been very efficient on a yards per touch basis. 5.7 yards per touch is eighth in the NFL. And he's pushing a 13% target share. So although he's not getting all that many routes run or as many as we like to see earlier in the year when he was running 28 and 41 in the first two weeks of the season, last two weeks have been 17 and 20, right? Although we're not seeing as much there, he's still seeing a top 10 target share for running backs. He's still seeing some usage. This past week against Seattle, I'm throwing that game out. That was wacky. That was a very weird usage game. The weeks before that, five targets, five targets. Uh, overall, 21 opportunities, 20 opportunities, right? That's what I want to see. Now he has a much better matchup than those two weeks that he saw against Seattle, Cleveland and the Giants. So Miles Sanders for me is a very live play, but the reason I like him a lot more is because he naturally fits in as a runback option, right? He fits in as a runback option in some of these Packers stacks. If I'm going with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and then I'm having another option as Robert Tonyan or an Alan Lazard, maybe even an MVS is a very low owned player in those stacks. I want to run it back with one or two Eagles. If I'm going Dallas Goddard, my second option will be Miles Sanders. And some of those lineups will just go to Miles Sanders over Dallas Goddard because maybe I went to Robert Tonyan for the Packers in a stack and I'm not going to play two tight ends in a lineup. So there you go. Miles Sanders slides in pretty organically. So you can see on the screen right now, I have Miles Sanders highlighted and he's going to be have 16 and a half fantasy point projection. That's pretty good for a medium projection. Gives him a 2.46 value. I have him as a B in cash and a B in GBPs. I like him more in GBPs because of the ownership number that we're talking about right now. So you're going to see, he's going to be coming in earlier in the week. He was coming in with double digit ownership. Now it's slowly started to creep downwards as Devante Booker opens up and people can just punt the running back with Devante Booker and then pay all the way up to Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry. Now, some of these mid-range options that don't look as appealing, $6,700 Miles Sanders, $6,300 Chris Carson. These options are starting to become very, very low owned. So Miles Sanders at that ownership level, right, at that projection, which is very good, 16 and a half for a medium projection, your ceiling is clearly in the upper 20s to 30s with a floor that's probably still going to be around double digits. Miles Sanders for me, everybody's jumping off after the past one or two performances. Everybody's jumping off after this guy over the last month has had a brutal schedule on the ground and his quarterback throwing interceptions and getting them down in short field position on their defense and getting down in games is not helping his ability to hit 18 to 20 carries i think miles sanders in this game is going to have his best matchup that he's seen arguably arguably since week two against the cincinnati Bengals when he went for over 100 yards give me miles sanders at that low ownership these are that one due to the running back position next i'll be to the wide receiver position where i have two options because the second option i'll give you might actually not play this week he's questionable so i don't want you to be watching this video and be like well who the hell are we going to go to so i have two options and i like both a lot in terms of a low owned wide receiver that i can get to in stacks or even as a one-off one is affordable and honestly they're both affordable for with their projections and upside are. So are that one due to the wide receiver position to start it off? I'll throw up his stat in his card right now, is Michael Pittman. Now he's gonna have a neutral matchup, the Indianapolis Colts rookie against Crossham, who he's gonna have 35 pounds advantage over. Pittman this season has seen a 14% target share and five targets, 19% slot usage. And over the last four weeks, the usage since he's coming off of being injured, right? There's no more Paris Campbell since earlier in the year. He's not as injured anymore. Michael Pittman came off that injury list, came off. I don't think he was on the IR, he might have been. He was just inactive for like a month of the season. He's seen 16 receptions and 27 targets over the last couple of weeks last four weeks, 36 or more routes run in the last three or four weeks. He's a full-time player. He might be the fullest-time player on this team. He might even see some Vernon Hargraves in this matchup, which is just going to be one of the worst cornerbacks in the last year and a half to two years in the NFL. So smash that all day. Evans coming off of a week where there's a lot to like and a lot to hate about it. The production is a lot to hate, right? Two catches for 28 yards, but the stuff that you like to see, 93 air yards, downfield usage, and nine targets on 88% of the snaps, the second highest he's seen this year, and 36 routes run, which is also basically the most. He's run thirty-seven this year. So right there toe-in-toe with the most usage he's seen all season long against Malcolm Butler and the Tennessee Titans in week 12. At now charged three out of the last four weeks where he's seen at least seven targets in a game. And this is a guy who's had very good performances this year, right? Looking at Michael Pittman, who scored 22.2 DraftKings points, the most of any Colts wide receiver. Shout out to Splash Play podcast when I was on that, letting me know that in terms of Chris Spaggs' uh, stats or numbers don't lie segment. Check that podcast out. I can link it down below. It's a very fun podcast to do. It's very uh, fresh breath of air. We'd love to do it again if those guys want to ever have me on. So, so what you're going to see here is a lot more air yards being used and just a lot of overall usage for Michael Pittman, who's coming in lower owned, who's coming in in a matchup where I kind of want to run back this stack, right? A somewhat chalky stack, maybe of Deshaun Watson and Brandon Cooks. You throw somebody else in there to get somewhat different, whether, whether it be a Kiki Kute, run it back now with a Michael Pittman. And I think there's a lot of upside in that lineup. You can see right now on the screen, we have the projection up for Pittman, 10.6 fantasy points. That's nothing crazy, but at this price point, it's pretty fair, 4,900. The obvious upside, if he finds the end zone, he's going to be pushing closer to 20 fantasy points, which he has done this season. Now I have him right now is a C plus in cash and a B minus in GPPs, basically because, well, the median projection for cash is not high enough for the price point for me to go all in on it as something in the Bs and the B minus in GPPs is because the ownership is nice enough for me to take a risk. And mainly I'm going to be getting him similar to Miles Sanders and a lot of my backs. So I think there's some upside there for Michael Pittman, who's slowly becoming a target share usage wise and routes run, the number one option. And really he has been over this last month, very similar to the body type in the build of Vincent Jackson, these big wide receivers who were fast on the outside to Mike Williams to an extent when Philip Rivers was with the chargers over the past decade so yes Michael Pittman is our that one dude option number one so now we'll get into our that one dude wide receiver number two this week a man who's been slandered unslandered on the internet slandered on some podcasts that I've listened to somewhat recently and that man's name is Julio Jones the Atlanta Falcons number one wide receiver still in my book because when he's on the field and healthy this year he's balling out oh but Sal Julio Jones has been so bad what what are you looking at he's averaging over 20 fantasy points per game in games when he's healthy. You know how many wide receivers are doing that? Like one, like Devonte Adams. And maybe, depending on the scoring system you're looking at, DeAndre Hopkins this season. So let's get it all situated before we start going crazy out here in the streets. We could probably throw Will Fuller into that category if you take out the game where he played, but he was basically banged up the entire time. But let's just look at what he's done this year. He starts off the year with a hamstring injury, mind you, scores 25 fantasy points. Goes for a buck 57 on 188 air yards. Pretty easy. Number two, week two, he gets hurt against Dallas. He only scores 4.4 fantasy points. Then he misses week three. Week four, he leaves at half- halftime against the Packers misses week five so he hasn't been healthy basically all year but week One he goes off he hasn't played a full game since week one comes back week six off the injury that's the week that he was our that one dude we put a tweet out that's going to be say Julio Jones is going to burn faces this week and bam he burns faces pretty quick scores 33.7 fantasy points if you're on DraftKings with the bonus he scores over 36 fantasy points he's the wide receiver number two that week goes off then he stays healthy week seven against Detroit 20.7 DraftKings points week eight goes off again 23.7 fantasy points week after that in week nine against Denver a bad week, his worst week of the year when he's been fully healthy, 16.4 fantasy points. And then we have not seen a fully healthy Julio Jones since, since week nine against Denver because he left week 11 early. All the people on Twitter, and this is why I keep on following people on Twitter. I only follow 30 people on Twitter. It's either people that I do shows with and that I know personally in a way through work, or I know personally in my real life, which is probably about half the people at this point, or news networks, whatever it might be. I follow 30 people because I want to be able to go on my Twitter, just look up news and not get caught in some sort of thread for seven to 10 minutes and get, make myself 1% more on edge or angry because because two grown men that are dusty themselves arguing about some other dusty stuff, right? That's all that Twitter is this days. So I just want the information, the news side of it. I don't want all this other bullshit that comes along with it. So I only follow like 30. Maybe we can get that down to like 25 by the end of the week at this point, if we keep seeing people getting snappy with their mouths, getting wise with it on the Twitters. But yeah, this is what I'm going to be doing at this point. I'm going to be playing Julio Jones if he's healthy, because I, we could just see a tweet by Mike Clay, which I thought was interesting. Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones have not been healthy this year. When they're both healthy in those weeks, you take those performances, they're top four fantasy wide receivers. So Matt Ryan might actually be a sneaky stack this week if they actually both come in healthy Julio dealing with that hamstring injury some of the stuff you can see on Julio Jones right now on the screen questionable week 13 with the hamstring he'll likely face Patrick Robinson maybe some Marshawn Lattimore this week either way I think it's fine for Julio Lattimore not like Mike Evans here Lattimore is not ever really shut down and limited Julio Jones he's had massive 150 yard games against him he's had massive 20 plus point fantasy performances against him as well Julio even though he's missed like four games and left too early he's still top 20 in total yards this year because he's just been a monster in the games where he's been healthy performances of 157 yards 137 yards, 137 yards again, 97 yards in his four fully healthy games this year. The only other game he scores 54 where he struggles a little bit, but he finds the end zone against Denver. His 11.7 yards per target is number three in the NFL and his 2.73 yards per route run. An efficiency metric that really shows how efficient a wide receiver is. It's showing us how special Justin Jefferson is. It's showing us how continued of this peak excellence Devonta Adams has. Julio Jones is number three in that regard, right? Behind Adams, behind Jefferson. He's up there. He's been that good when healthy this season and people dare slander his name. People dare say that he's not having a good year this year because he's been injured, even though in the games where he's been healthy, 16.4 fantasy points is his worst performance. If he scored that this week at his current price point, that would actually be a pretty beneficial score for you. But lucky for me and lucky for you watching this, I haven't projected higher than that. He's only $6,600. It's very much reminding me, although a worse defense in Minnesota, but reminding me of that week in week six, where in this lower 6K, mid 6K range, he went berserk coming off of an injury. If he's healthy, he's a B plus in cash. He's a B plus in GPPs for me. I haven't projected for over 17 fantasy points, as you can see on the screen. And honestly, he's Probably going to come in with like two percent ownership. Again, fingers crossed that he's healthy for this game. If not, well, then Michael Pittman's our solo. That one due to the wide receiver position. That's not a punt. Now let's get into our tight end position for that one, dude. Week 13. And we're not gonna have to venture that far from Atlanta for that one due to the tight end position because we're staying in Atlanta with Hayden Hurst. Look, there's a lot of tight ends. A couple of them are gonna pick up ownership. Darren Waller, because he's just excellent right now. And honestly, he hasn't been even that great the last couple of weeks. Two weeks ago, he was good. Last week, not so much, but there's just not that many guys that have the upside of close to a 30% target share this year, number one in the NFL that Aaron Waller has so he's going to be highly owned Jordan Atkins as people assume at the cheap price point that he'll see some uh, more usage and more upside in his usage since there's not going to be any Will Fuller maybe more two tight end sets Dallas Goddard has been great now for two to three weeks straight for the Eagles so those guys are going to pick up ownership and honestly a lot of tight ends are just going to be five percent or below owned this week Hayden Hurst is going to be one of them I have him currently coming in at one percent ownership maybe he gets to two percent ownership and it's because he's been struggling as of late last time that he was out there he scores 8.8 fantasy points which honestly is a pretty average if not above average performance for tight ends this year the week before that, he put up a goose On 100% of the snaps, first time he did that all year. So he has been struggling somewhat the last couple weeks. But if you want to look at it, look, week 11, the two targets against New Orleans, now he faces them again. So that's the concern that people are seeing. But a small sample size of one game, plays 100% of the snaps. Only he runs 37 routes, which he's just running a ton of routes overall this year. He sees a red zone target that could have been a touchdown on two targets, puts up a goose egg. But outside of that, in four of his last five games, you take that one out, then all four of those games, he's seen seven or more targets. His usage has been very good 8.8 fantasy points, 13.2, 10.4, 12.8. He's been a top eight tight end over the last five weeks even if you include even if you include that goose egg that he had so Hayden Hurst at this low of an ownership number looks pretty good to me at a cheap price point of just four thousand dollars he'll face some Demario Davis which is going to be a fine matchup it's okay something crazy he's sixth overall in the NFL in snaps this year for tight ends and he's fourth in routes run like I said he's running a ton of routes this year 28 37 29 26 36 38 33 that's like the last two months of the year how many routes run he's running per week he's top 10 in air yards for tight ends he's seen right now nine and a half fantasy points per game which is overall basically top 10 overall coming in right around 11th. Top 10 in separation. Hayden Nurse is just going to be a fine tight end option at low ownership. Again, don't get too crazy with tight ends. You can punt so many options this week. There's a couple to go with. You have Irv Smith out again. So that's going to open up some options with Kyle Rudolph again, who's seen nice usage when Smith has been out as a full-time tight end. You have Jonu Smith out, which is going to set up some usage potentially now for Anthony Fersker, who the last time Jonu got hurt in a game, Fersker went for over 100 yards in a game and went absolutely ballistic at a cheap price point. He's the flat minimum. You have Mike Gusecki, who it looks like Fitzpatrick should be starting. Right, We have to see on Sunday morning. It looks like Fitzpatrick likely starts, which helps Kiseki a good amount. So you have a lot of tight end options. You don't have to get crazy here. I don't think you have to be punting with Hayden Hurst, but the usage has been there. I'm not going to just look at one week against the Saints two weeks ago and say that that's going to be every single week. When we've pretty much seen him get seven targets every other week for the last two months, so Hayden Hurst is going to be the tight end that that one do this week. I'll throw up what you're seeing right now out of him, and you're getting a pretty decent option. Eight and a half fantasy point projection is what I have him at this week. You can see that grades out pretty nicely at a 2.1 overall value on Super Draft. He looks even better right now. He's grading out as like a top five Super Draft play at the tight end position. If you want to play over there presenting sponsor, my name. If you're still watching this, Sal, S A L get you that deposit bonus over on super draft. He's seeing a lot of red zone usage as well. He's seen a red zone target in every single game for the past four weeks this season. So yes, Hayden Hurst's are that one due to 2% owned at the tight end position. And now we get into our punt plays. We'll have a punt play for you at the tight end position. We'll have a punt play for you as well at the wide receiver position. And we can just stick with the tight end position right now. And We'll quickly go over these punt plays for you. So the punt play at the tight end position is probably going to be one that starts to pick up some ownership. If not a lot of it, he might honestly see 10 plus percent ownership. And that's Anthony Fersker for the Tennessee Titans, because he is the flat minimum he's a true definition of a punt the bottom minimum price of $2,500 and Jonu Smith is now out and there's only been one week this year one week where Jonu Smith did not miss the game but he got hurt during the game and Anthony Fersker who's been a very active number two tight end seeing basically four targets three targets in these games, right these this is the last couple of weeks for Anthony Fersker last week only saw one target not great but then five three six three two that's as a backup tight end that's some pretty damn good usage but the one week this year where Jonu Smith got hurt he became the tight end number one of that week pretty damn crazy eight catches 113 yards nine targets in a touchdown 25.3 fantasy points again the number one tight end that week you're talking about fantasy points in terms of the bonus on DraftKings 28.3 fantasy points he's an absolute monster that week Anthony Fersker has been good this year he's been running a lot of routes too 16 per week now I suspect that he's going to run a ton of routes he ran 28 routes that week against Houston when he was a tight end one so suspect somewhere around 25 to 30 routes for Anthony Fersker in this game suspect a lot of upside at this flat minimum price point I currently have Anthony Fersker if I project this by value my number one value tight end then it's not even Close 8.4 fantasy point projection, and it can go a lot higher than that. Mind you, B plus in cash, B plus in GPPs. He's going to be somewhat highly owned, probably touches maybe the highest owned tight end or up there at this point because he just projected out for a very good, healthy projection at that cheap of a price point. Get Anthony Fursker in your lineups. So I think he's a fine punt option that opens up a lot for you at the tight end position. And now we'll close up shop with a punt at the wide receiver position. I'm going to flash this card up right now it's a cheap option, not the bare minimum of 3000 but right next, the next best thing $3,100. Anthony Miller likely to see Justin Coleman in the slot. They just ruled out Okuda on the outside, the rookie who's had a bad year, been banged up as well, so you can't blame him. But Justin Coleman in the slot has not been good this year. It's about a neutral matchup for Anthony Miller, who's ran right now the seventh most slot snaps in the NFL. He has more of a connection than the rookie Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney a lot of upside down field, but Mitch Trubisky not so much been able to show that he can hit those passes this year. Actually missed Mooney a lot of times the first couple of weeks of the season. So more connection with Anthony Miller, Mitch Trubisky. You'd like to see that Anthony Miller cheap enough, a fifteen percent target share this year. He's seeing about eight fantasy points per game, which is not great, but at his price point now eight fantasy points is honestly not terrible. It doesn't sink your linux. You clearly want in double digits. You want 15 plus to try and win a GBP. But I have Anthony Miller, as you can see on the screen right now, for eight fantasy points. That makes him like a top 10 overall value play at his cheap price point. He's a C plus in cash for me right now and a C plus in GBPs because the main reason you want to get to him is not for his overall fantasy points. If he has four catches, 40 yards and a touchdown, and you get 14, 15 fantasy points out of him on DraftKings, that's fantastic. Slam dunk for you. And that's really what you're rooting for. But at $3,100, if you decide to punt with wide receiver, and that allows you to get up to Dalvin Cook, that allows you to get up to... Eckler. It allows you to get up to all these other wide receivers, a Rodgers plus an Adams, right? All these other expensive players. And he comes out here. And even if he just scores seven, eight fantasy points, that might still be enough because all those other guys go off for you and allows you to get that lineup. So we're just looking for a punt that has at least a decent target share. Probably going to see somewhere between four or six targets in this game. Has touchdown upside this year with his quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, more so than Nick Foles. Anthony Miller at the wide receiver position is our punt of this week. So that's it for the, that one do video, seven total players, Herbert, Miles Sanders, M- Michael Pittman, and Julio at the wide receiver position. Hayden Hurst at tight end and our punt plays Anthony Firstker, who likely might pick up ownership, but that's fine because he's still a punt play for us. And Anthony Miller, thank you so much for tuning in to the week 13, that one dude. Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 I appreciate you all a ton. Tomorrow morning, Sunday morning, we're going to have a 10 a.m. live stream on YouTube for an hour to an hour and a half, and our Sunday Closing Thoughts Podcast on Patreon, where you're going to have as much information as you need and all of it to leverage your opponents if you are a patron. So be sure to get informed, be sure to sign up and go to war with all that information and smack your opponents around. Rejections, rankings, all that type of stuff, ownership, a lot of stuff. Closing Thoughts Podcast, showdown information, all can be down 20 pages of game by game notes on patreon link down below be sure to like and subscribe before you go thank you all so much i'll see you in the next one have a great rest of your day and a great rest of your weekend i'll see you sunday morning